Welcome to the AI Hustle Podcast, the podcast where we break down the latest in AI news, tools, and interview experts helping you hustle and do more using AI. If you've been following the podcast for a while, you'll know that over the last six months, I've been working on a stealth AI startup. Of the hundreds of projects I've covered, this is the one that I believe has the greatest potential. So today I'm excited to announce AI Box. AI Box is a no-code AI app building platform paired with the App Store for AI that lets you monetize your AI tools. The platform lets you build apps by linking together AI models like ChatGPT, MidJourney, and Eleven Labs eventually will integrate with software like Gmail, Trello, and Salesforce so you can use AI to automate every function in your organization. To get notified when we launch and be one of the first to build on the platform, you can join the waitlist at AIbox.ai. The link is in the show notes. We are currently raising a seed round of funding. If you're an investor that is focused on disruptive tech, I'd love to tell you more about the platform. You can reach out to me at jaden at AIbox.ai. I'll leave that email in the show notes. Today, we have some breaking news out of Google's DeepMind on AI mixed with robotics. So let's jump in. Essentially, Google's DeepMind team is really pushing the boundaries of AI and robotics, and they're bringing a new you know, vision language action model. So this is the Robotics Transformer 2, which is the RT2. And this cutting-edge AI model was trained on a massive amount of text and images collected from the internet. And this enables it to generate robotic actions, which is a massive step forward from traditional AI-based chatbots like ChatGPT or Google Bard, um, which essentially just generate text snippets for you, right? So this is really bridging the gap between web knowledge and robotics control. So robots, unlike chatbots, need a very firm grounding in the real world to, you know, truly be able to be helpful to humans. And I think this has always been a very large task uh, that they have to, you know, comprehend and carry out really complex tasks in a lot of very diverse and often very unpredictable environments. To the, you know, to date, we have a lot of factories that have uh, robots that are operating doing very simple tasks. But as soon as you want them to be able to um, not just re- perform a repetitive task over and over again, but kind of do new things and learn and adapt, um, it becomes very, uh, it becomes a much more challenging task to undertake. And because of this, I think the training of models like RT2 represent a much more intricate um, undertaking compared to, you know, training just a large language model um, or an LLM. So I think it's not just about, you know, a robot recognizing an apple, for example. It has to understand the context. It has to differentiate it from a red ball. Um, and it has to be able to perform various tasks related to that object. So I think historically practical robot training demanded billions of data points about, you know, the physical world. But RT2 has ushered in a more streamlined approach. So building on R2 RT1's ability to essentially just generalize information across systems, RT2 can actually create a single model capable of complex reasoning with just a fraction of the amount of, you know, robot training data that is typically required. So let's talk a little bit about RT2's kind of novel abilities. So what makes RT2 unique, I think, is its ability to transfer knowledge from a, you know, vast corpus of essentially web data and then be able to navigate complex situations and human-made requests. So it can comprehend and execute tasks like, you know, depositing a piece of garbage, even without explicit programming for that specific action, right? So normally when you have a robot, 
you literally just train it on how to do a task. A lot of times this is very uh, automated. Um, this is not very automatic. Um, and so now, you know, you're telling it, go pick up that piece of trash and throw it in the garbage. And it, based off of everything it's learned and pictures it's seen, will go and try to perform that task, which is absolutely a massive step, right? It's the difference between, you know, perhaps you could train a robot to drive a car from you know, point A to point B because you just, you know, have it automatically programmed that every inch it's going to turn right or left. It's the difference between that, which is what previously has been done, to something like Tesla's self-driving where, you know, the, it's actually looking at the environment around it and making adaptations to how it drives. You know, it could avoid a pedestrian or it could stop at a stop sign. So it's very, very, this is a massive step. And so, of course, we have something like Tesla self-driving, which is follows roads, which have, you know, rules and signs and a lot of information like that, which it's specifically designed to do. This is a whole new step where this is a robot that essentially has to be able to do tasks in the world where there's an infinite amount of actions it can accomplish and there's an infinite amount of ways to do that. So I think this is really, really impressive. Um, and I think that really kind of demonstrates the model's capability for learning beyond its initial training, which I think is key. So Google engineers put RT2 through the paces with over 6,000 robotics trials. And in tasks based on the training data, RT2 performed comparable to its predecessor, which is RT1. However, when faced with novel, unfamiliar scenarios, RT2 doubled its success rate from RT1's 32% to a, you know, I think it's around a 62% success rate. So I think this improved adaptability is a monumental advancement in the AI model's capabilities. And, you know, I can already hear a lot of um, a lot of doubters or haters or whatever you want to call them, right? Skeptics, perhaps, is a better word, saying, oh, look, this thing's only 62% efficient. It only has a 62% success rate. But, like, look, RT1 was not put out that long ago. And between then and now, we've already doubled our success rate from 32% to 62% for completely unfamiliar scenarios, meaning you plop this thing down in a park, you say, go pick up that piece of trash, go throw it in that garbage can. It's never been to the park before. It doesn't know uh, necessarily what a, that garbage can is or what type of trash that is. And it's able to have a 62% success rate executing that task. And imagine, you know, they, they ran this through 6,000 robotic trials. Um, so imagine how many of those 6,000 tasks it was able to do. I'm absolutely blown away. And for the critics or skeptics out there, um, I think this is incredibly impressive. And especially the speed of adoption and improvement we're seeing here, I think is incredibly, incredibly uh, impressive. So the RT2's model is an advancement on its predecessor, obviously, right? The RT1, which was trained on multitask demonstrations, which was essentially in an office kitchen environment. And that happened over 17 months. So the data collected by 13 robots informed RT2's development, which allowed it to demonstrate improved generalization capabilities and semantic and visual understanding beyond just the robotic data it was exposed to, right? So it's actually able to see the world around it, actually able to learn, and it's be, it's able to improve based off of, right, its, its experience with everything around it, not just the data that was originally given, which is very, very impressive. The sort of backbone or, you know, uh, the most important part of the RT2 is the adaptation of high capacity vision language models, which are called VLMs. But essentially, they have been successfully trained on web scale data. So these models are brilliant at kind of recognizing visual or language patterns and kind of operating across different languages. 
but to control a robot these models need to be trained to output actions so this challenge is addressed by essentially representing actions as tokens in the model's output similar to language tokens right when we have an llm like ChatGPT, um it's not that it knows you know what word necessarily goes next it just knows what token goes next in a sentence which is a fraction of a word and by making it fractions of words it's actually a lot more um, accurate and that's essentially how these llms are able to generate sentences so they've done the same thing except now um they're calling actions or parts of an action tokens right so you might need a hundred tokens to complete a specific task and it doesn't have to know exactly how to do the whole task it just knows how to like do micro movements putting it towards that task which is absolutely fascinating in my opinion and well done um, to the DeepMind team on doing that so DeepMind actually performed a series of qualitative and quantitative experiments on RT2 models um, and in this process they categorized skills into three areas so they had symbol understanding reasoning and then human recognition so tasks requiring knowledge transfer from web pre-training essentially demonstrated its you know pretty remarkable potential but with significantly improved generalization performance compared to previous models i think that that's absolutely important so on tasks seen in robot data rt2 retained performance while improving on unseen scenarios by almost double which essentially was showing, you know, a really massive benefit of large-scale large scale pre-training. And it outperformed multiple baselines on unseen tasks and achieved a success rate of 90% on the open-source language table suite of robotics tasks in simulation. Furthermore, RT2 um, actually proved capable of carrying out more involved commands that required reasoning about intermediate steps. So this actually showed that RT2 can plan from both image and text commands and essentially is you know enabling visually grounded planning which is really really impressive i think rt2 showcases how vision language models can evolve into really powerful vision language action um, models and that can really directly control a robot so i think this is promising um, and this whole development really signifies the dawn of a new era in robotic control um, and I think it really raises hopes for the creation of general purpose robots capable of reasoning, problem solving, and performing a diverse range of real world tasks. So while Google admits there's still work to be done, the success of RT2 is a testament to the potential advancements in generative AI and LLM technology. And I think the leap from RT1 to RT2 really just kind of underscores the immense strides being made in the field. Um, now, I will say, of course, this is incredibly exciting, incredibly interesting, but... I will say that uh, there are some concerns here, right? If you really think about it, um, as these robots essentially are sitting here and learning how to take in the environment around them and do certain tasks, it brings up the question of robotics ethics and, um, you know, a, a whole Terminator-style event essentially happening where the robots are able to learn how to do something, right? Maybe they learn how to drive a car and maybe they learn how to rob a bank or maybe they learn how to fly a fighter jet or maybe they learn how to commandeer a freighter ship right like there's all sorts of things that these can essentially learn how to do and i know a lot of people think like oh this is so far-fetched but in my opinion based off of you know things i've seen from chat gpt or inflection ai i think there's all sorts of dangers that definitely we need to be aware of i think the number one most important thing is making sure that the preservation of human life is the top priority for these robots and then of course that begins at the ai model which is kind of the brains of a lot of this 
Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how this evolves. And I definitely think that is a major area of focus we need to continue to be very vocal about um, in whatever respective fields we have. If you are looking for an innovative and creative community of people using ChatGPT, you need to join our ChatGPT creators community. I'll drop a link in the description to this podcast. We'd love to see you there where we share tips and tricks of what is working in ChatGPT. It's a lot easier than a podcast as you can see screenshots, you can share and comment on things that are currently working. So if this sounds interesting to you, check out the link in the comment. We'd love to have you in the community. Thanks for tuning in to the AI Hustle podcast. If you could do us a massive favor, we would really, really appreciate it if you could leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. This helps people find the podcast. It helps people know this is a good place to go. And we would really, really appreciate it as it helps us continue to bring on incredible guests and share incredible content for you to listen to.